It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It is noon, and that means we are officially entering the lunch hour of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, which, as always, is sponsored by Collig Racing, the official NASCAR team of Northeast Ohio. Earl's going to join us with the race report here in a little bit. Also want to remind you guys about membership tiers for the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. For a buck ninety nine a month, you become a starters tier member that gets you loyalty badges, custom emojis, and members only community posts for four ninety nine a month. That puts you in the starters tier. All those same uh, starter tier perks that you get will also be included in coaches tier. You get overtime videos, member shout outs, discount codes for merch, and much more. And for members, we are doing some special draft stuff over the weekend. We'll be giving a little analysis on every pick Coming out throughout the weekend, whether it's Friday in the second or third round or Saturday, rounds four through seven, uh, we're going to post something. We'll get some shorts up. We'll get some content up. Be part of a text chain that gives you a a little uh, extra draft insight, nuggets, and knowledge. So we'll be doing that over the weekend. Um, Who is giving the analysis? They're putting me in charge of that. Uh So I'm going to have to be by my computer all weekend looking up. There you go. I'll tell you right now. Yeah. I don't know anything about a lot of the guys you're going to draft. Yeah. So it's going to be uh, the deepest knowledge you can research in five minutes. But it's well, going to be phenomenal. Why don't we just like, steal it from other guys and give them credit? Like, this well, is yeah, what we're going to do that. Brugler says. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, give them, I'll, I'll credit them. But I'm saying these, yeah. uh, these texts will be coming from me and my knowledge of what I can find in five minutes on these okay. guys from reading I other reports. I when, hate when sports radio guys try to pretend they're experts on the draft. You're a phony. 99% of you don't know anything about most of these players. So the smart thing to do, what I always did when I was on the radio, which I will continue to do here, is I'll read the stuff from the people that actually know yeah, Oh, we're going to be asking you guys to send us shorts on some of these guys, too. So be I, ready to do I'm your really, own research. I, the guys that Browns drafted in the fourth round, I don't know, I don't know anything about these guys. I, I know. I'll listen to the, the guys who do know, and I'll, I'll make my opinion based on that. Yeah. Not well, we'll phony. talk about this offline. because it, it. By the uh, way, I'm surprised the NFL it. has not – like. They've made such a – like, the NFL draft is a huge marketing tool, right? right. Like they make so much money off this draft. They're moving around the city to city. Mm-hmm. It's become a great idea. It's huge. It's, you know, unfortunately, ours was like a COVID year, so it wasn't right. as good as it could have been. But I'm surprised they haven't even pushed it further and gone to four days. I've been waiting for that to happen. I mean, just make it a round a day. They could. And people An entire week, you have NFL draft You're right. Week. <laughs> they could do First anything. First what where, where are we at? Seven rounds. Uh, seven rounds. Yeah, you, seven you, days in a week. You could yeah, one day a week. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they haven't at least gone to four, because you could do you could do you know round one, round two, round three, and then still keep four to seven. Yeah, yeah. you know. Uh, this got brought up on the post game show. I want to yeah. touch on it real quick before we talk a little Guardians and some other stuff to wrap yeah. up here. But you know, we were talking about let's say the let's say the Cavs. You know, lack of intensity to start the game yesterday. Yeah, and yeah. You could put whoever you want to blame for that whether it's JB players internally, all that is fine. But we were looking at this as a conversation in totality about the city of Cleveland and their, their sports franchises. We talked all Brown season. Do they have that alpha dog in the locker room to rally the troops when it's needed? Because Stefanski, at least from our perspective, isn't that rah-rah guy. I do not know anyone in the Guardians who is like that. and They may have three or four guys. I just admit my ignorance. I think Jose Ramirez is absolutely an alpha dog. Might be Jose. Think? Yes. Yeah. Is, is Jose the only true – Alpha dog in that sense in the city of Cleveland on their three pro sports teams right now. I mean, no. I th- who else is an alpha dog? Is Donovan Mitchell? I thought he was. He's not playing like one. I oh. still think he, he – listen, he's had a bad week. I think yeah. there's no – I still think it, he's but, an alpha dog. But I'm not going to say he's not an alpha But they yeah. don't have an overly tough team overall. That's been a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, they don't have that Tristan Thompson type of guy. You know – I would argue that Tristan was their third best player on that championship team, even ahead of Kevin Love. I mean, he because because he battled. He was an animal out there. Yeah, and see, when you you can't be a tough team from your guards. You know what I'm saying? It's, you need size. You, you can't. I mean, right. they can be tough, but you won't be known as a tough team. Your guards might be like this: tough little guards, right? Tough guards, right? Your front court is usually where you know you get the bra- the, right. the muscle and the brawn. 
and that's where they get that their reputation. Rasheed Wallace, Bill right. Embiid. Yeah. Well, that's think it. about it. You mentioned the Pistons. Like Isaiah was tough, right? But but he wasn't. Bill Lambeer, Rodman, Mahorn, Mahorn tough. Like right. those guys were taking your effing head off yeah. out underneath. So pa- he wasn't Parrish, Greg yeah, right. Kite. He wasn't Kite. Yeah, because the Greg Kite was in Greg the mess Kite. too. Yeah, they was all afraid in. to mix it up. Yeah, so listen. I, I don't know. I still miss that basketball. I know we shouldn't talk about it anymore. But yeah, I, but I, 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 I tell you what, from the from the from the Brown standpoint, yeah. Who 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 is it? Did the bounce? I mean, doesn't it have to be Deshaun Watson? Doesn't he have to? Have to be that. He got to be tough, but who is the who is the one? Who's the Lawrence Taylor? Oh, there is none. There's none on the Browns. There is none. It who, could be Chubb. It who, could be Mott. Who, he didn't say anything. Who's the single? Right. He didn't say anything when the doors are closed either. He yeah. still didn't say anything. Yeah. Who's the Otis Wilson? Who's that? I don't think the Browns have that guy. I mean, on defense, it should be Miles. It should be Miles. He's not. Doesn't have that kind of attitude. You know, Denzel Ward. Is their best player in the secondary? It's usually the one that does all the talking. Maybe this Juan Thornhill guy. He seems to like who's the, talk the one maybe. that does? Who does all the talking? You know, because the, the tough ones are always talking. Uh, Miles Garrett talks a lot, but he's he. I I don't consider Miles to be what we're talking about no, here. No, I don't think so. I think the Browns are missing that, and that's a problem. And they've been kind of a soft team for a long time. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, that's all we got to say. Yeah. We are going to Look, pivot uh, to some. Guardians talk yeah. after a stellar debut yesterday for Logan Allen. That was nice. It was a good end to the weekend for what's – the Guardians are not playing particularly good baseball right now. And it's unfortunate because their schedule is getting a lot tougher. Really, the rest of the all – you know, after the series with the Rockies, they stink uh, here in Cleveland. But uh, it was a bright spot, Jason. We talked a lot about, you know, getting the kids up from the minors. This Guardians team feels weird right now. They're pitching – this is the least comfortable I've been with the Guardians slash Indians pitching maybe in a decade. I mean, Shane Bieber has not been lights out. The rest of their rotation is completely unreliable. Mm-hmm. Um, the bullpen, Karen Jack, you don't know what you're getting from gaming. I don't trust him at all. Do you? No. Right? No, I don't know. Um, so the bullpen, you know, even Class A has not been lights out like last year. Um, so there's a lot of spots where you're like kind of holding your breath, but it was great to see Logan Allen against, you know, the Marlins don't have a great lineup, but it's not a bad lineup. They're playing decently and they scored a bunch of runs against the guardians on Saturday. I thought Logan Allen, I didn't get to see the whole game. Unfortunately, this was a crazy weekend for me, but when I did what I did see and then watching back the highlights after he was very impressive. Yeah, he was, uh, he's not in their top tier as impressive as he was, right? He's not even considered their top tier of pitching right. prospect. He doesn't throw as hard as some of these other guys. He doesn't right. throw as hard as Bybee and Williams and Espino. For one start, I mean, Espino's it was exact, hurt again. Espino's hurt again. Yeah. It's we're not, not looking good. We're not seeing him this year. It's not looking good for no. him. But um, I want to see more out of, out of Logan Allen. And Tito did yeah. say this is the first in a wave. Yeah. So I do. That Let's was encouraging up. to me. I yeah. do think that we are going to see Bybee probably. If I had, to, it's strictly a guess. Soon. Memorial Day. I think, think probably, that long? Yeah, I, like I do. Sooner. I think a Memorial Day started June. His third up. start in AAA wasn't very good. He, His first no, two were he great. Did, yeah, he got knocked around a little bit. He walked five guys in that last start. Uh, so. Battenfield has held his own. Like I don't yeah, have any faith. Right. I don't have any faith yeah. in him, but he hasn't blown up to this point. Right. They did move Gaddis out of the rotation. That was good to see. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, I mean, now let's get Bybee up. Williams, I think, will probably get promoted to AAA soon, and then he's one step away. So maybe July. Gavin Williams comes up. We know the Guardians are not going to panic. No. They never do. They're cool as a cucumber in that front office. They're not going to rush a guy they feel is not quite ready. And all of a sudden, it could be June, and maybe your rotation is Bieber, Bybee, McKenzie, and Allen, and your fi- and then Quantrill's your fifth guy, and you're feeling a lot better. Yeah, but you're putting – But right now, it's very uneven yeah. in the pitching staff. And you're going to be putting a lot of faith in untested guys. Right. That's true. And that's yeah. a little concerning as well. But, I mean, I don't know what the alternative there is. There is none. I mean – And, you know, I was talking to Zach about it. We wrote a piece on The Athletic last week or the week before about this. You know, remember back a couple of years ago, they had Carlos Gonzalez batting cleanup and Hanley Ramirez in the lineup. And right. the lineup in April looked vastly different oh, yeah. than the lineup in September. They're very, it very well could be the same this year where you have – Plesak and, and Savali in April and by October, August, September, yeah. the lineup looks or the rotation looks vastly different than it does. Yeah. This I, I'm kind of done with Plesak. I mean, you got no choice. I, I, I think he'd be a great reliever. 
Like, I just said that on my podcast the other day. Yeah. Let's see what he's got for an inning or two. Absolutely. I think if they start calling, if McKenzie gets healthy and Allen establishes himself and then eventually Bybee does too, let's see what he's got in the pen. Maybe you find something a there. A lot of these failed. Three years in a row now. I mean, right. it's still early this year. But if he doesn't turn it around as a starter, it's three years in a row he hasn't pitched well. Let's see what he's got in the bullpen. A lot of failed starters turn into terrific relievers. Right. You can mm-hmm. cut down on your pitches. You can get by with two pitches. You know, yeah. throw two pitches. You can throw. You can be a reliever and get yeah. an inning or two out of just throwing two pitches. And I like his athleticism. I like his competitiveness. Like he he's got a ton of confidence in himself. Where yeah. it comes from, sometimes whatever. Right. But he's got a lot of confidence. I don't think he'd be scared of the moment of no. pitching high leverage late innings. I think he'd be great as a reliever. Yeah, I think that's the move for him. Uh, Hanches is coming back soon. Yes, that'll be a big lift, hopefully, to the yeah. bullpen. But it, the right lefty. now, the, the pitching is. There's less guys you trust than you have in a while. How are you feeling about the Guardians? Well, I was happy to see some uh, pitches a question. Yeah. Right? But you have all this talent in the, in, in the minor leagues. Yeah. Right? At some point, I'm, I'm a person to say, let me see what you got. Yeah, right. right. The other thing is, I was happy to see Bell hitting the ball. Yeah. That was that. Another I mean, home run. When they went back to back yesterday, I was like, yeah. okay. And Jose's said, off to a slow start in terms of I power, said, too. I, I said, so maybe this is the start of that getting started. Again. Yeah. And this is a franchise that usually starts slow. They Always. Almost April, always. April's never great. Yeah. But we just saw the standings up there. No the one's going to no run away with this division. The Twins are 12 and 10. And I don't. The White Sox are like 8 and 17. I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on in Chicago. They, to me, they have the most talented roster in the division, and they can never put it together. They're, and, and it was easy to blame Larusa as yes, I did, and yes, others did. And I did too. And they're still a mess. Now it's early. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could turn it around too. They've I, had I, some injuries too. I, I think part of it with the White Sox is. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And this gets very overlooked, especially if you're not watching the team every day. They're bad defensively. They got a lot of guys round peg in a square hole. Yeah. Like, or, or is it square peg in a round hole? Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. Like, it seems like they're a team of DHs. And for whatever reason, they've had bad chemistry. I, I think they need to trade some of their guys. I mean, Anderson's been hurt. Yeah. Uh, Lance Lynn's been awful. Right. Some of the guys that – Giolito, I think, had one good start. He's right, been right, terrible. Right. Uh, so, a lot of guys Kopech's that they – Kopech's not been good. Kopech has not been good. No. So, guys that you would re- expect to be – carry a heavy yeah. load for them, he'd either been hurt or ineffective. It is early. It's yeah. April. Royals but, and Tigers stink. But we say the same thing about the White Sox every yeah. – and, yeah, the Royals and Tigers right. stink. So, nobody's running away with this division. The Guardian schedule is getting much the, – the unfortunate thing is – They've been playing bad teams, yeah. and they haven't won that much. Because, yeah. the nat- you know, to play a stretch, Nationals, Tigers, A's, A's, Marlins. I mean, these are some uh, – well, Marlins aren't that bad. They're not Nationals, Tigers, A's bad. Right. They're, you know, and they've actually played all right. Uh, and now they're playing Colorado. They're awful, too. Yeah. So, you got to, you know, take advantage. But the schedule is going to get tougher. I still think the Guardians are going to win this division. The Twins are not running away with anything. I don't think they're that good. And I trust that the Guardians will figure it out and even out. But right now, they're not playing particularly good baseball. Are you worried about Bieber at all? He's not been very good lately. I've been worried about Bieber since he started throwing 91-92. Yeah. Like, it's it's a concern. And Mm. you don't see elite pitchers that throw that soft anymore. I mean, it sounds crazy to say because 92 used to be great. Right. But anymore, it's it's not. And there's just – it doesn't leave you much room for for error when you're throwing 91-92. Yeah. And – I've stopped talking about it because he na- he's navigated it well. Right. He's done a good job, but it's always a concern. Yeah. And and I, you know, this is his last year in Cleveland. I think they oh. trade him after the season. Yeah. And you just hope that he can continue getting guys out. Right. Uh, this is a question that I don't know, and I just want to remind everyone real quick, the Lunch Hour deals with Cleveland Sports Show, sponsored by Call of Grace and the official NASCAR team of Northeast Ohio. As someone who wasn't as dialed into the Guardians before I moved here, how fast did Bieber throw it at one point? Oh, he was 97, 98. Yeah. And was there an arm injury or just the sticky stuff when they cracked uh, down on the sticky stuff? It, it, 
And there was a shoulder injury in there as well. He had an injury too. Yes. Yeah. So whether you know whatever you want it to be, whatever you want to blame it on, yeah. the shoulder injury or the, or the he's stuff. been not that start against the A's wasn't good. Like that's the one, just a horrible lineup. And I just don't like the way he's pitching. And I'm not going to panic over. No, him. I'm not he's panicking. Still, he's He'll, still going to get guys out. Yeah. Uh, but you wonder, like McKenzie, he's not coming back now to Memorial Day ish, right around there. They've I'm moved him to sixty. He'd be back back. Well, yeah. Tito was at it because. It, it seemed like he was progressing quickly. Right. And Verlander has the same injury, and Justin's right. going to pitch for the Mets here in a week. Yeah. And then when they moved him to the 60, McKenzie, it just seemed like, wow, I thought he was a lot closer than that. Right. Mm. And I asked Tito about it when they brought up uh, somebody else. I can't remember now. And he said, no, like they had it charted out. If everything went perfectly, Tristan would have been ready maybe a day or two earlier than the 60 day, but that was it. Yeah. He said, we're not going to mess with Tristan when he's ready. We're going right, to put, no we, we wouldn't have put him on the 60 if he would have been back in 40. And right. they're smart. They're smart to not panic. Right. They, you know, they don't, you know, there's nothing worth, you're not full. It's not like you're in the American League East where the fifth place team is over 500. Right. You know, so you can be patient here and, you know, we'll see. I I wonder if they would consider, because it's minimum salary, bringing Madison Bumgarner in. I, somebody mm. will. I, he's been awful. Yeah. And I don't know if he's got – he's young enough. Like, he, in, in my mind, I was like, oh, maybe he's 35, 36. He's only like 31, 32. Well, if there's an organization that can sprinkle its witchcraft. That's what I'm saying. That can there's sprinkle, no risk. Yeah. You're paying him elite. You're paying him, what, 600,000? Yeah. Yeah, they could they could invoke him into their cult and – Sprinkle I would the do witchcraft it. on his arm and get him. <laughs> I bring him to their cult. <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> what they cult. do with their pitching. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. Right. You're Wouldn't crazy. you bring him in? Like, what's the what's unless you? I mean, you know, maybe you bring him in for a workout and kick the tires yeah. on it and see. And maybe they would or have. Yeah. You know, they're, and again, he's been since going to Arizona. He's been terrible, and right. this year he's been just mm-hmm. atrocious. Very well, could just he might be shot. Some guys shot earlier than others. I got a question real quick, and this is. Unguardians related, but on, on Bumgarner. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Kershaw won his 200th game mm. over the weekend. Yeah. And it feels like yeah, Kershaw has, has been around forever. Yeah. For, and he just got to that 200-win plateau. Do you think we'll ever no. see a guy get to 300 wins again? Never. No. Not even close. So what Verlander's is the closest. He has 244. But he's also Verlander. Verlander. But yeah, he's also 39. Yeah, no. He's, he's, <laughs> we're never going to see. It's, first of all, the wins don't matter. They're, they are not indicative of anything really at all. Yeah. Um, it's a useless stat, but the pitchers care about it, though. Of course they do. They do. They want to get wins, but guys don't pitch a lot enough innings. The you know Bullpens so, have become so good and so special. I mean, right. back when guys were winning 300 games, bullpens stunk. I remember there was a story. I wish I'm going to butcher this. Yeah. I think Corrales was the manager or something, and he went out to the mound. I don't remember who the starter was, and I think Camacho was warming up in the bullpen. And he said, look out there. Yeah. You really want me to bring him in? Like, pull it together. And, even, and that was way ago. But, yeah. but, like, even when you and I were kids, and I'm a little older than you, you'd have, like, one good reliever. Yeah. Maybe two. Maybe. Then I remember, remember the year the Reds had, the th- had, had Norm Charlton, Dibble, and Myers. And Myers. Myers. And it was the like, oh, my boys. God, three the, good relievers. Yep. Game was over in the seventh inning. And the inning. closers, who at those days we called them firemen, would pitch two, three innings. Yeah. Gossage and Lee Smith and all Eckersley back in the day. Right. So, so starters would like, if you didn't go a complete game, it was a failure to some degree. Well, that's not the case anymore. N- guys rarely pitch more than five, six innings these days. Guys are getting pulled at 85 pitches, 88, right. 90 pitches, yeah. four and two thirds. Right. Not even qualifying. It doesn't even matter. Wins. You know, uh, by the way, did, did you guys see over the weekend Cubs pitcher Drew Smiley, how he lost yes. the first game? Terrible. Yes. He had a perfect game. Oh, I saw that. Going into the eighth inning. And the for, for those who didn't Jan see it. Gomes. The first batter of the hit it like a, a ground ball, a little nubber. And Jan, both Jan Gomes and Smiley were trying to get the ball. At the last second, Gomes tried to get out of the way and basically tackled. No, tackled Gomes didn't try. Head. I don't even know why Gomes got into it because the pitcher had, his, had, had the right to the ball. He was about to get it. One of them should have called it. Yeah, I, you know. I think it's it's hard for me to put blame. No, on, it was on what are you going to do? I don't, especially in that instance. The you, announcers um, were saying the Cubs announcers. I, you know, I was watching on the Cubs station. Uh, Boog Shambi used to be on ESPN. Does the Cubs games with Jim Deshays. And by the way, Joe Girardi's now one of the Cubs analysts. He's awesome. Oh, really? On the broadcast, he's fantastic. But they were trying to convince everybody that they wouldn't have gotten the out 
I was like, no. I think they would have gotten me I don't out. Know. I mean, I have no, I, I don't watch the Cubs. Yeah. I have no idea what kind of fielder Smiley is. I trust the catcher more in that situation yeah, to make that I, play than the pitcher. It, the the pitcher's got to, I mean, he's a lefty, so that was it's a weird know. angle. Like he's yeah, but the yeah. catcher either either guy's going to have to do. It was tough. Like it a, wasn't a guaranteed no, out because right. it just was hitting the perfect spot. Because either, either guy is going to have to do a two seventy to make the throw to first. Yeah, but depending on which way he's turning. But right. I, I would trust the catcher more than yeah, since that was, that was kind of crazy. Go ahead, Mike. Last thing before we move on, Guardians-wise. Bull, I know you saw the quote from Terry Francona on Josh Naylor. Zach Meisel yes. released it. I'll just give you the numbers real quick. And yeah, he's been awful. Before this weekend series with Miami, yeah. he was 1 for his last 36 and 0 for 15 against lefties in that stretch. He did go 3 for 6 in two games against Miami, which brings up his slump over the last 12 games. Steve, take the graphic full. He's now 4 for his last 42, Ooh. 2 for 17 versus lefties. And he's had nine hitless games in his last 12. It was one for 10 before this uh, weekend series with Miami. Tito says he's going to ride with him. Yeah, for listen, better or worse. Uh, we've debated this before. I'm ready to give up on him as a left hand against lefties. I know you think they, sh- they should. And, and they're obviously going to give him at least a half a season more. If he's still four for 42 in July yeah. or that or same average, yeah. Yeah. they'll make a move. They'll bring a right-handed batter right handed bat at the trade deadline. I, but I, I think they're going to give him from now until they the will, deadline. They will because. Listen, in, in defense of him, in terms of his overall numbers, he is a hot and cold hitter. Oh, yeah. He's a streaky guy. Like, he'll go on a streak where he'll get, he'll catch fire. Yeah. And he'll hit, you know, four home runs in five days, and he'll be great. That's part of baseball. Some guys are like that. Josh Bell's kind of like that a little bit, too. The, the Guardians don't have a ton of streaky hitters. They have more guys that are more consistent. I think one other big story for this weekend is the Stephen Kwan thing. Uh, for those who do you know what I'm talking about here? No. Jason, do you he know? He hasn't been hitting great. No, 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 no. The Instagram post. Oh, no, I don't know mm. about that. I'm looking it up right now. Wait I a second. Stephen Kwan, and I confirmed with Zach Meisel that this was real because a friend of mine brought this up to me. I haven't even talked to Zach. Has nobody talked about this all weekend? So It's not that big a deal, but Stephen Kwan posted on Instagram. Now, I didn't see the original post because he eventually took it down. Stephen Kwan apparently posted on Instagram a, like a video of him flipping through some pages of like a, a contract offer from the Guardians. And apparently in this video, either he, I can't remember if he said it or it was written down and people happened to see it where he kind of took a shot at my, like they basically offered him the same deal that they offered Miles Straw. And he was like, well, I'm a lot better than Miles Straw. And he was, and, and he posted on Instagram that he took it down two hours later. A friend of mine brought this up to me, and I hadn't seen anything about it. I thought, oh, maybe this is not legit. But then I texted Zach Meisel, and he said, yeah, this is legit. And, but I obviously got no play over the weekend because nobody else knows what I'm talking about. Well, no. It's not on his Instagram right now. If he, no, he, if took it down. Up, he took it down. Well, I do think that they made an offer that he didn't really like. Right. That he was insulted by. But it was weird that he took a sh- apparently took a shot at Straw in this. Well, what did he say about great. Straw? I, I can't remember now exactly what he said. I kind of forgot about it. Then we were talking about the Guardians, and I was like, oh, I got to mention this real quick. See if you can find that out. I might. Uh, um, I'm doing some research. Yeah. You know, my friend texted me what he said so I can. I can look up his. He said it on the Instagram. I don't remember if he said it. Let me let me let me bring up my friends because uh, he originally sent me this post, and I and then I confirmed it with uh, with Zach just to make sure. Quan isn't hitting as well as he has yeah. as he did last year. I'm not ready to say I'm concerned about it. I think his style plays. Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. He said also stating uh, he posted this on Instagram. This is a picture. I'll show you, Jason. You got you know. This is a picture of like the details. Yeah, it's hard to see, but it's a picture of the details of the contract they offered him apparently. And then he's also stating it's similar to what they gave Straw, and says he's better than Quan in all facets of the game. Yeah, or Quan's better than him in all facets of the game. So that's well, that's not something good they got to deal with in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure the Guardians don't like the fact that he's airing the contract. No, not at all. Publicly, and it's a be- they should have offered him a better deal than they offered Straw. Yes. He's a much better hitter than Straw is. Mm-hmm. By but, the way, Straw's been good. I give him credit. Mm-hmm. He's been good. But He's been uh, better than Quan this year. Yes, but offensively. Quan yes. also doesn't have – I mean, not that Straw has a massive track record, but Quan's only been in the majors for one year. Right. So, But he did win a gold glove. Yes. So Good base runner. I don't know. It was weird. It seemed – like, I don't know Quan, obviously, at all, but it seemed out of character for, him. for yeah. him to be – Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's why I thought maybe this was like a fake or something, but when Zach confirmed it, I was like, wow. 
I, I was, I totally missed it. Yeah, I, mean, no. I didn't get any traction because it's I not see that it big a deal. But I will have to talk to Zach again, or maybe you'll talk to Zach again and see what what he has to say. Because I haven't texted Zach since it was during the game. I think it was Saturday. I don't know. My weekend is so jumbled. I don't know when everything took place. But and before we move on, we do have a super chat from our guy Donnie M that yeah. he wants to ask Jason. Uh, Jason, would it be better to trade Bieber now or later? And what do you think the return is for the Guardians' ace? Well, the Guardians seem to get more later. than anyone else in terms of value when you look at the Frankie trade and what they got for Lindor to get Jimenez and Rosario. I don't think they're trading them now. Like, they're trying to win a pennant. No, no. But I do think – I mean, so that, I mean, that's that's the ultimate question is it's all about postseasons. And if you trade them now, you get a team gets two postseasons, and that inherently increases the value that you'll get right. on the return. But when you're trying to contend and you're trying to win right now, I did think I did think maybe last year because no one thought that the year was going to go the way that it did. I thought maybe last year they would trade him and get a haul back for him. But now I think you got to ride this out, play this out for this season, try and see how far this team can go, and then you be realistic about where you're yeah. at with things in well, the offseason. Well, and, well, and you'll get – I mean, what are you going to get? You're going to get – you'll get a couple prospects back for him. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. You're not going to get – because he's only got one year left, you're not going to get – the number one guy in someone's organization probably, but probably something similar to the Clevenger trade from the Padres where they got like six yeah. or seven guys. But they traded Clevenger and Bauer both during seasons where they were trying to win. Mm -hmm. Now, they Bieber's did better Bieber's, and they had deeper pitching at the time. Yeah, and Bauer was a Bieber. lunatic. Shane's yeah, yeah, different story. Clev yeah. had a lot more off-field issues. Yes, clearly. So, yeah. there's, there's, it's a different, but you're right. They, yeah. They did, but I don't think that's going to yeah, happen. I agree. What was, what was the attendance yesterday? Six. What? Six thousand. No, I meant six. I don't know. <laughs> it was cold. Wasn't yeah, it was cold. I don't. I, don't I, I drove in good. for the Cavs game. You know, we yeah. broadcast out the studio. Right. And then uh, it was I saw, I mean, bad weather. It's you know not like the. It was, it was more people bands. than I thought. Oh, okay. It was more people than I thought. We, we were actually downtown for a cheer competition. My daughter had the cheer competition. You had a big yeah, weekend, weekend, haven't you? I was yeah. all over the place. Wrestling, That's why I missed cheering. the Quan thing. Yeah. And uh, we were at the convention center and. I left early to go home so I could watch a Cavs game, and my wife stayed for the awards presentation. I told her to go past the studio here and take Lakeside home. I said, there's yeah. a Guardians game. I'm like, well, traffic's probably not going to be that big of a deal yeah. on East 9th, but uh, yeah, it's rarely a big deal, traffic, for yeah. the Guardians games. Unfortunately. Yeah. According to ESPN's attendance tracker, there was 12,600 people there, 36% well, attendance. That was the paid attendance, so who knows yeah. if it was even that much. But yeah. Probably seven or eight would be more realistic. Yeah. I mean, anyway. I don't know. I didn't see one highlight or one crowd <laughs> clip of the game, so no. I shouldn't say. <laughs> All right, Mikey. We're going to move on in our yeah. next topic. We're going to get into a little ownership, but first I want to remind you guys that the USFL is back and better than ever. They are in Canton and all across the country. Check them out, USFL. They are the next great semi-professional football league. Sending answers. Anthony will eventually find the USFL logo on the monitors there. There we go, Anthony. Give Anthony a round of applause, oh guys. Gosh, I did it myself. No three reads. And now he's getting lost tomorrow. <laughs> oh, remember Boogie Roberts from last week? Yes. In studio, full show. Nice. Boogie Roberts going to be awesome. Can't wait to hang out with Boogie. I got a game for Boogie. I'm going to tell you guys what it is right now. We went through Boogie's Twitter. I found four real tweets, and I made up four tweets. We're going to see if Boogie remembers oh, which ones he tweeted. Which Who's ones on the show he... tomorrow? Uh, Jason, G, and J. Okay. And Boogie. Good. So that is our foursome tomorrow right, good. on the show here. Uh, so over the weekend. Yeah. Well, we're going to have Mike Dawson's studio on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Full show Mike Dawson teammate on Wednesday. Teammate of G. Bush in high school and a teammate of Dustin Fox in college. Yep. Yep. So big, big things coming here yeah. for UCSS. Uh, last week, though, Michael Rubin, who used to be part of the 76ers ownership, was on Part of My Take, which yeah. we've, we've, you know, we're big fans of Part of My Take. They do some really good stuff. And... Big Cat asked him, and we're going to play the quote for you so you could hear it exactly. Straight up, what is an owner's job and responsibility? And Ruben is as qualified as anyone to answer that question because he was a part owner of the 76ers for a while. I want you guys to listen to his answer, and then we're going to talk about whether or not we think the three Cleveland owners are fitting at least Ruben's description of what an owner should and needs to do to be successful at their position. Steve, roll the clip. Let's talk about just owners in other sports uh... – the thing that we always struggle with as fans is like why an owner doesn't take every advantage they can to try to put out a championship team, whether it be coaching staff, like where there's not salary cap, right? Coaching staff, facilities. We saw that report with the NFL teams where some teams were getting like an F minus in strength and conditioning and stuff. What What's the disconnect? Why are, are people yeah. just buying teams and then when they buy the team, they're like, 
well, I've done my job. Look, I think different people buy teams for different reasons, different people in different financial situations. I can tell you if I were a fan, what I would want out of my owner is someone who had one goal, which is to win championships for their city. That's what matters. I could tell you the Sixers haven't succeeded yet in the 11 years that, you know, the ownership group has owned the team, but that is the only goal that everybody is thinking about. And I think if an owner's not doing that, they're probably not the right person to own the team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And by the way, look, some people say, look, I, this is a good business. It's a good investment. You know, it makes money. It is. But I got to tell you something, that is secondary. Like you own a team, you better wake up and go to bed and figure out how to get chipped. I don't know if I believe him, by the way, that Did any... Didn't give any tangible answer, though. Yeah, mm. I mean, he just said that all that Matt Like, winning is the number one priority over business, which I don't believe... I don't actually believe he that that's true. I think he's being disingenuous because billionaires only care about money. Well, yes and no. Uh, it, I've been really hard on Dan for yeah. years and years and years, but the one thing I'll give him credit for, I've been told by people who don't love him and wouldn't like say things just to be nice to him. Right. That he lost fifty million dollars the year they won the championship. Like they that losses out of his right. pocket, fifty million dollars for the championship. He has always said one of his isms, money follows, it doesn't lead. Like you have to you have to spend and right. then and then recoup later. Now obviously, you know, the Dolans in town feel very differently about that and they just they're in a different tax bracket than what Dan right. is. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to ask me what's the, what's the role of ownership, spend, you have to spend. You have to give your organization every resource and tool that it needs in order to do its job and then get the hell out of the way. That's the job of ownership. Well, based on your definition, we don't have any owners that fit that bill in his town. Agreed. Because the, 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 cat, the Cavs and Browns spend, but don't stay out of the way. The Guardians stay out of the way, but don't spend. Yeah. So we don't have that. Based on his definition, I don't I, even know what his definition is. I don't is. even know what his definition is either. Do everything you can to win. Well, okay. What does that well, mean? It's very, I mean, it, it, it really is, it comes down to the person, right? You got some that are in it for the investment. Mm -hmm. They're protecting their share plus the shareholder share, and they're going to put a little minimal into it. And they're building they, generational right, wealth for themselves. It, right. Then you got some that are just avid fans, still want to win. Still want to make some money. Yeah. And like when I look at Jerry Jones, he wants to make some money, but he want to be on the top too, right? There's a different mentality. Yeah. And then you got some that don't know anything about it at all and just acquired the team because it looked like it was a good investment and know anything about running the organization to win the championship. So it's entirely upon yeah. the, the underlings to figure it out, right? So I think I prefer to be around a person that that understands the mission, uh, love of sports going to tool the team up as, as much as possible because each market is different, right? You're not going to spend Cleveland like you're going to spend in Dallas. You're not going to spend in Cle Dallas like you're going to spend in New York, right? You have more resources to, to work well, with. Well, it depends on the sport. I mean, in baseball with no salary cap, yes. I don't care. We could take one of the Cleveland teams, and you're not going to compare that to any I mean, other the Browns, measure. I think, spent more money, actually, last year than any team in the NFL. No, what I say is, see, when I say spending the money, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's everything. It's just not the team. Sure. It's developing the thing around That's it. true. It's making yeah. sure the fan experience at the top of it, because they want to be on the top. That's yeah. what they do. Jerry's World, you ever been to Jerry's World? No. Oh, Jerry's World is different. Right. Right. But they don't win. Right. But, I mean, they win the regular season. But they win in Texas because the people in Texas love it. Yeah. Right? They love that. Even right? though the team hasn't done squats right. since he's on the right. team. That matters. And so it's all, it's all about what yeah. you're trying to achieve. So I've been on some teams before with teams and the ownership didn't know, know anything about it, right? It was just a toy, right? Yeah. Yep. Flying, yep. Fan, flying fans on the plane. These guys make their money in business right. and then come here and it's fantasy. It's yeah. fantasy baseball, right, fantasy right. football come to life. I remember talking to David Griffin when Griff was here and he had other opportunities before when he left Phoenix, he uh, had interviews with some other, and he said like point blank, I didn't want to go. I'm not going to name the teams, but I'm not going to go there, there or there because you know, going in ownership is not going to spend. And in the NBA, you have to spend. If you're going to win a championship, right? You have to spend, you have to be willing to go into the tax. And there are some owners who yeah. refused to Oklahoma city fell apart because Clay Bennett didn't want to go into the tax. And therefore, they had to trade James Harden. Right. Like they drafted three MVPs mm -hmm. and never won a championship because they wouldn't spend. You have to spend and spend at a high level. We see what Golden State is doing. Like Joe Lacob is oh, willing yeah. to spend. Now he's printing money at that new arena, yeah. but they're willing to spend. 
and spend so much that the other owner's like, okay, wait a minute, we got to do something here. Right. Put right. some levers in place at the top well, of this. That's what they're trying to do in baseball, too. I'm sure all the other owners are angry at Steve Cohen, who right. owns the Mets. But he's like, I want to win. Yeah. And, and if, you're, if you're a fan, you want your owner to be Steve Cohen. Because he's going to spend. He's going to spend. Now, I don't know if he's a meddler. I'm not sure. Yeah. You don't want that either. Because the, the known meddlers at owner never have success. And that's why I think... Fans, fans can't see the day-to-day. Fans don't see right. the interactions between the owner and the GM, the owner and the coach, the owner and the players, the emails that get sent. They don't see that. But, no. they, but they can look at payroll. Yeah. And they can see who's right. invested. And that's why I think everyone thinks that Dan has done such a wonderful job here for 20 years as owner of the Cavs because he spends, because he's willing to spend. And I just said, you can't win without spending. It is an unbelievably critical piece to winning. But there's a lot more on the other side that can be just as toxic and damaging right. to your ownership style as well. Yes. And I, for my money, I still believe, I will always believe, the Dolans are the best owners in town. Now, they're not perfect because we talked about the spending component. Right. They don't have that. Yeah. But And they, that's the more, pub, as you said, that's the it's public, the most public that's component. That's the public And they piece. deserve criticism for not spending it. Yeah, all. yeah. But, but they deserve credit for the good part of their ownership. And they do so much more right than they do wrong. Yes. And it, I just feel like it gets overlooked. And, and it yes. doesn't get as much, people don't pay as much attention to it because it's not as sexy and right. it's not as, Whereas you Jimmy, can look at a spreadsheet yeah. and see. And Jimmy is spent... For 10 years. Well, yeah. has he? I mean, they keep rolling over the cap over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Like, they really haven't spent a ton. I, I don't think he's afraid to spend. I think yeah. he's tried to be strategic uh, with the cap, obviously with the Deshaun contract. He's willing to spend. But their actual real money spent last year was amongst the highest in the league. Okay, but go and, back to five years before Right, that. but they didn't have any players to spend on, to be fair. I, I have no concern about him spending money. I don't either. I but don't either. I have concern about everything else about Absolutely. his ownership. He, it's it's a complete shit show there yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I mean, all, there's things like that I know that you know even more than I know, like behind the scenes, it's things we can't even say on the air that are like disgraceful. Yeah. I mean, all kinds of horrible stuff yeah. and shenanigans. Some of it that's become public with some of the people that have gotten fired. Like they, they have been a total disaster. He pits people against each other. Everybody goes to him like... And maybe he'll smarten up and stop stop doing that. But yeah, I mean, the the best situation is when you have an owner that doesn't meddle but spends unlimited money. And it, it's hard. And it's hard to find it's an hard. owner like that. I'll tell you, Kobe Altman to me has the best setup of any Cavs GM since Dan bought the team. He's right. got all of Dan's money yeah. and none of Dan's interference. It's unbelievable compared to what all the other GMs have had to go through yep. that sat in that chair. And it's for awful, horrible reasons. I don't want to make light of it. Like, you know, Dan's medical condition is far different than it was. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. Like, it's it's heartbreaking, really. But the reality is Dan, Kobe has access to all of Dan's money and all of the spending mm. without the day-to-day. Right. And that's not just me saying that. That's the people who have lived it. The son's not in the building. No, he doesn't know. Like, Grant doesn't know. Like, he's still Well, Dan didn't to, know either, but he's still metal. No, but Grant, Grant's coming at this from a completely different right, right, angle of, here's a, a guy in his young 20s, mm-hmm. you know, maybe mid-20s. I don't even think he's mid-20s. Yeah. I think, I think he's, he's still, 28. No, he's not. He's not that old. Let's go. Mike, straighten um, yourself out over there. And, and, <laughs> and he's still trying to learn the business side yeah. of things. So he, and he, he doesn't pretend to know everything. And yeah. I, I do That's think good. if he wants it, if he wants this, I do think long term, it could be a good thing, but there's a lot he's got to learn. Yeah, sure. In a short amount of time. But yeah, twenty five. I apologize. Twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah, I mean the perfect scenario. According to an athletic article, so if you're gonna be wrong, Jason, that is yeah. someone in your building give me bad information. Twenty five. Twenty five. Imagine the owner of the team. You're twenty five years old. Man. I mean, he's not technically he's not the owner. Yeah, but. Dan's still Dan's still in charge. Right. But if he wants it. Yeah. That's the part we right, don't right, know right. if he really. That's crazy. If he really, really wants it, it, it's either him or they have to sell. There's nobody else in the family. It's hard to believe that a kid that grew up that rich and is that young and has that much power ready is not a spoiled douche. And he's not. It's amazing. He's it like because it, that because that was know. my first thought yeah. before I before I had to talk to him before I had any conversation with him. I thought, okay, well, this is going to be a disaster. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I talked to people who. Used to be with the Cavs, who knew him when he was a kid, yeah. people that are there now, and they all say what a great, unentitled guy he is. That's awesome. And, like, 
good a good dude. Players liked what him. What are the odds of that? Players I mean, liked him. Yeah. Front office people liked him. They because he he knows what he doesn't know and he doesn't try and come in as the spoiled bratty rich kid. And right. He, he wants to learn, but there is so much more to being an NBA owner than just showing up on game day. Right. And and enjoying you know the contracts, the unhappy players. And right. There's just so much more the the crap side of it. I don't know if he wants it or not because that's just as big of a piece as the fun stuff, and yeah. that's what that's what they have to figure out. Yeah. You guys mentioned meddlers. Is Mark Cuban the only meddling owner that has won a championship? I'm trying to think. I I can't think of another one in any sport. Who I mean, Jerry actually, won. Man, I forgot. Jerry won in the '80s. Uh, that doesn't count. Why not? No, '90s, not '80s. Not, well, yeah, or, yeah uh, 90s. because he had just taken over. Okay. He still and won. Jimmy Johnson had put together that team. Mm-hmm. Since he fired Jimmy. They've they had nothing. They, yeah. you know, they well, they yeah. had the one championship. They still won, right? With um, who took over? For Barry Jimmy? Switzer. Barry Switzer with the team that Jimmy had put together. Yeah. And since then, they have like three or four playoff wins. They I haven't mean, done Steinbrenner with the I, Yankees. I forgot for a second when you said Mark Cuban won a championship. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot they won a championship because yeah. they never should have won that year. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, Steinbrenner obviously he just outspent everybody. He was the and he, he was, was the ultimate meddler. meddler. He was the ultimate meddler. But he and he yeah and he was and that was a time where. He was the only guy spending like that at that time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, you, I don't know. It, but it's very rare. Like, you, like, Jerry Jones hasn't done much. Uh, we know with Jimmy. I mean, a lot of these guys that meddle too much, it's. Mickey Harrison stays out of the way in Miami. And now you look what they, I mean, it's incredible what Miami's been able to do. They never fired their coach. They kept everything intact. Right. LeBron leaves. They re-signed Chris. Dwayne leaves. And they just. Get Jimmy Butler and they build this back up and they go back to right. the finals. Right. Amazing. It's amazing. All right, Mikey, what do you got? All right, I'm going to remind everybody real quick about the membership here at the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show and give her one more second to put his uh, put his race report together for a buck ninety nine a month. Just a buck ninety nine a month, you get loyalty badges, custom emojis, member only community posts. Plus, you get to be called a member of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, which is worth the two bucks itself. For $4.99 a month, you get up into the ballers tier. That is the coaches tier. It gets you all those same starter tier perks, overtime videos, member shout-out. Today, today's overtime content, we are going through and answering the rest of your viewer questions from Friday. You also get special discount codes for Cleveland Clothing Company merch and much, much more. Like I said, we'll be sending out all the draft coverage from Thursday through Saturday on the players, the Browns pick. We'll also make some shorts for the YouTube page. We'll have a massive blowout show on Monday going over all the Browns draft picks. So if you need any draft content, come to UCSS. We promise we will curate the best from the smartest people around the interweb to tell you about the Browns' fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. And with that, it is time to tee up Earl with our colleague racing report, the official NASCAR sponsor of Northeast Ohio. What's up, Earl? What's going on, everybody? So yesterday, the NASCAR circuit was in Talladega, Alabama for the Geico 500. As far as our college racing guys go, they, uh, they didn't do too well. Justin Haley started 26th. He finished 19th. A.J. Allmendinger started 19th. He finished 29th. Um, it was a fun race. Anybody who knows anything about these super speedways know that Talladega and Daytona are wild cards. Brad, your boy, uh, Michael Jordan, was in the house watching his drivers do their thing. Uh, Daryl Bubba Wallace, man, what? he took the lead on the last lap. Mike, Michael Jordan was, owns a NASCAR was, team? Was, yeah. Mike, yeah. was Mike sipping Mai Tais? <laughs> no, I didn't know he owned he, the was, he was locked in, but uh, Bubba took the lead <laughs> on the last lap. I'm thinking he's going to close out the victory. He gets caught up in a, a big one. Kyle Busch, who's been a champion in this league uh, before, he ends up winning the race. So Bubba race Wallace was leading and crashed on the final lap? Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Oh, 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 I know Mike is mad. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Man. Oh, you know he mad. Pissed. He big mad. <laughs> Who's his? Who's he, Jordan's he, he, big sponsor, by the way? Is it Nike? Denny Hamlin's his top racer, right? Yeah. No, Denny Hamlin is actually his co-owner. Denny Hamlin Mike races pro, for Mike another champion, sponsor, Joe Gibbs. Air Jordan. Oh. <laughs> wow. Just by the way, everywhere. going back to something we were talking about earlier, <laughs> Look, the last mad. Canadian team to he win mad, a championship Jason. was mad. 30 years ago. The Canadians won 30 years ago. Maple Leafs last won the cup in 1967. And their last playoff series win, 2004. So they haven't even won a Damn. playoff series. Wow. In nearly two decades, for the probably the most prominent team in the NHL, that is amazing. It really is. Uh, well, were you were you ever a big hockey guy? Being from a uh, East Coast, I never was a big hockey guy. I always enjoyed going to hockey in person because it was fun. I watched more when I was a kid, and when the Rangers won the Stanley Cup in was ninety four, they won the cup. 
Yeah. The Rangers? Yeah, it was 94, 94 yeah. right? I remember I was 23, um, and I remember, like, it was Bedlam in New York when the, when the New York Rangers won the Stanley Cup. Bedlam. I was on oh, you mean Flatbush Messi, Avenue. Messier? Yeah. I was on Flatbush Avenue in Brooklyn. Flatbush Avenue is like a huge street. It's like an, you know, I guess like an East Ninth or whatever. It's like a, it's a massive street in Brooklyn that goes across the, the entirety of Brooklyn. And there were people running naked in the streets. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was New York. insane. New York off the chain. When the Rangers won the cup. New York is off the chain. Uh, we got one more super chat and start, then we can get right. into some final takes yeah. here. But the question comes in for the panel. Yeah. Why can't Lamar Stevens get on the court against the Knicks? Can't shoot. Is it as simple as that? Yeah. They're already playing too many non-shooters. Why have they compiled a team of non-shooters? I mean, how did we know this was not going to be this bad? You knew it, Brad? I mean, Did you pick them to win this series? I picked them to win the series. Yeah. Jason, did you pick them? I didn't expect expect Donovan and and Darius to struggle. Right. Right. If they they didn't struggle... We would it could be, have been a different series. Be, Julius Randle's also been terrible, too. So yeah, but he's got a history of playing terrible in the playoffs. Yes, he does. He does, yeah. That's he's that's not true. as good a player as Donovan Mitchell. No, but they're both going to make an all-in this year. Let me tell you something. didn't put Randle back in the game for a reason. You're not going back in. Yeah. Yeah. Their others have stepped up, and yeah. the Cavs' others have not. The biggest hole on the Cavs has been the three since LeBron left. And I've talked about it before on the show. Yeah. Wings in the, the, yeah, in the NBA true. are like quarterbacks in the NFL. That's true. They're really hard to find. And when you get one, you hold on to them and you don't let them get the three out. Yeah. Go look at the free agent list of, of available you wings. You don't find no threes out there's, there. There's nothing not, not there. real right. threes. Not, yeah. right. not good threes. They're washed up or they're not good. Right. It's, it's a really like That's why Scotty Barnes went as high as he did to Toronto. Right. So that's why when you're in that position, you have to cobble together pieces, right? And they've point. tried. And, and like... You know, I remember having conversations with people when they traded Larry Nance. They said, well, you needed a three. And they said, there's no threes to get. So they trade for Markin, and, and they hybrid him into a three. They, he'd never played the three before. Mm-hmm. But th- it was the best alternative that they had because there was nothing out there to go get. They know it's been the biggest weakness on the yeah. team. It, when he left the first time, they never filled the three. Well, so, the, I mean, how are they possibly going to fill it? You can't, can you fill it with the mid-level exception? You wait till he turns 40, and he comes back again. I I, I'm, I'm half joking and half serious. I'm serious. I'm Wait, half joking. Next year is LeBron's serious. last year, right? Yeah. Under contract. In, in Under contract. Yeah. Is he going to come back again? Can we go back down that road again? I, don't I think know. I think there's. I 100 still think going to be. Chance. Yeah. If you had to bet right now, is LeBron going to still be a top 20 player at, in let, two years? Let, let me see, let me say this. Yeah. You see you see the miles on those tires now because it, it's it's in spurts. Yeah. Right. But I would tell you this. He's still a top twenty if, player, if, though, isn't if he? If his son's at USC, he ain't coming back over here. His son will have a lot to do with what happens. Exactly. Yes, right. he will. Yeah. They right. didn't change that rule. The thought was they were going to change the rule in the new CBA. Because if, if you go, if you, if you, if you go to the one year and play, and you play bad, you're not getting in that league. You know what I'm saying? There's, there, 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 there's, the two go together, Jason. Yeah. They, of, yes. They, they go together. Where, whatever happens with Bronny is going to have a huge impact on what happens with yeah. LeBron. And there is a, a thought in L.A. that Bronny is just going to go to the Lakers. And, and he's going to finish out there. I am in the vast, vast minority. Most people will tell you it's done. He's never coming back. Yeah. I look at it and go, well, their biggest need is a three. And I was saying this before this series. You know, if they win a series, yeah. if they get bounced, whatever, then next year they go a little bit further. But they're still one piece away. They still haven't filled their glaring need at three. And they need one more piece to put them over the top. And he sees as he gets older. Yeah. To what Brad just said, he can't carry a franchise anymore. But right. he's still an incredible player. He could be the one. And then that has an impact on Donovan's future. Like it, right, because maybe Donovan would leave if LeBron was coming. Yeah, so this all lines it, up to where I absolutely think there's a chance. Because that, that comes back to, that, to, to his level of acceptance. Because to me, and you, you'll notice, he becomes Earl Monroe to the Knicks. Earl Monroe was still a good player, but he yeah. wasn't the guy that was in Baltimore, right? And so you plug him in with Darius, Donovan. Now you got something. You yeah. really do have something there. Because to your point, I don't know how you fill the three spot when you don't have capital. And anything left is, is something that's a reclamation project at best. 
Yeah. Somebody you found for nothing. Okoro has he made bought great, it on, he okay. bought it on eBay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Isaac has made great strides. He has. From the player that he was as a rookie until now, I don't know that he's ever going to be the type of player that we're talking about as a game-changing dominant mm-hmm. wing. You know, if he could at least be a 3 and D guy and a team that – a player that other teams fear and respect as a three-point – the Knicks have no fear of him whatsoever. Right. That's why I don't think he's playable because you have already have a clogged paint because you have two bigs that don't shoot. Now you're putting out a, a wing who doesn't shoot. Now you have three defenders in the right. paint. There's nowhere for Donovan and Darius to go. So it's it's a it's yeah. a tough spot to be in. Um, let's wait and yeah. see what happens. That'd be wild. I just Good. looked up the yeah. top ten best available unrestricted free agents at the wing position. So okay. twos, threes. Are you guys ready for this list? Uh oh, here I we go. I already know the list, but go Who's ahead. Number one, Dylan Brooks. No, keep going. Who we already know is not going to come to oh, Cleveland. It brings a nasty attitude the team could use, no? Keep going. A little too nasty. A little too nasty. Okay. Uh, number two, Jay Crowder. No. Who's 33, about to turn 34. He ain't played a whole year. Uh, number no. three, Kelly Oubre. Number four, no. Torrey Craig. Number five, Joe Ingles. Number six, Yuta Wanatabe. Number seven, TJ Warren. Number eight, Terrence Ross. Number nine, Juan Toscano-Anderson. And number 10, our boy Danny Green. So it isn't, isn't – <laughs> I thought Kuzma was a free agent this summer. Uh, he technically has early bird rights, so that he's not okay. in right, the so official unrestricted okay. category yet. So is there anybody on that list? The only name to me is Ubre, and I, that's not Oubre. exciting. Ubre, well, he can't shoot though. But compared to who? Like who else is on? I don't like nobody on that list. Not not for what that's we not point. for what we that's need. That's my point. Well, but isn't Ubre better than what they have? Yeah, he's but younger. it's not for what we need. Okay. Right? I mean, that's, there's a difference. Now you're settling just because. He's the best of well, the Well, he's yeah. asking me what on the list. That's who yeah. I'm taking yeah. off but the list. Ubre wants some money. Yeah. That's the other problem you have. Ubre averaged 20 points per game this year. Yeah. And where'd they go? They, I don't see what them anywhere. What did he shoot from three? That's all I care about. No, you don't want to know because okay. it's not good. It ruins any so chance. So I'm saying when you're sitting here, we don't have any money. So what you want to well, do Well, they have money. Well, come on. They have the mid-level. They have the mid-level. That ain't what a, that's not what well, a top-tier part. Well, cap next year, right? And that's the other thing we've talked about at length on the show is when do you become a tax-paying team? Right. And when do you start that clock? And they may have to start it sooner than right. they wanted to just because of I – mean, you have Donovan right now. Yeah. Like, this is your – they can talk about long runways all no. they want, but Mm-mm. this is it. they got to do something next year. Next year, yeah. you have that, – that is your all-in. I mean, they went all-in this year to get him here. Well, you got to go all-in next year because that's the last year before you have to start making some really uncomfortable decisions. Hmm. All right, Mike. It's right. You guys Let's ready? Some final takes. in a while, but we have time for some final takes. Brad, you start up. us off here. Well, I'm going to start with this. Uh, my final take is, is um, with the Cavaliers, and I want everybody to just relax, right? I know that it's very uncomfortable being down 3-1, and the fact of the matter is that we did not play well, and everybody has some angst about it because they feel a certain way about Cleveland and our perception of, of the from the public, right? So no one likes to be on national TV and not perform well because it, it feels like it's a stain upon you personally being from this area, right? We always want to make sure that we're represented well because, you know, in the history of Cleveland, people are always maligned being from Cleveland. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In this case here, a lot of the blame seems to be put on, wants to be put on J.B. Bickerstaff, right? His, his moves, coaching decisions, in-game moves, here's the story. And that's all I've been hearing for the last 40, uh, uh, 24 hours. Basically, that actually, it started before then. But it really amped up yesterday after the, after the secondary loss in New York. I would just say this. Here, what you're going to really see is a person learning as we go. I want to see the team's response on Wednesday. It's going to tell me a lot. And it's not going to be just JV's coaching moves. In order for the Cavaliers to have some success, because the, the goal now is just to get back to New York. It's not to win the series. Yeah. The goal is to win Wednesday just to get back to New York. 
If you can do that, it's, it, it's going to have to be done in a methodical fashion. You got to have a game plan that you don't have to stick to. It may be adverse to what you have typically done. This time, it's, it's really going to show you your coaching ability here because a lot of it is done on the fly. It's not on paper. It's not going to be on script. It's going to be what your eyes show you and who you trust. And you may go end up going to somebody who you didn't have any trust in that may give you a performance. Hence a guy like Lamar Stevens who has been nowhere to be found. You're just trying to get out the moment. So, JV, relax. We've all been here before. Let the place go where you go. Encourage your top-tier people to show up and perform. Because if Donovan Darius perform, the rest will follow. Jason, before you do your final take, Michael Ribovich uh, gave us a super chat and said, the only place I've seen the Quan story was the Lockdown Guardians podcast. They said it was reportedly a fake account. That's the only place I could find the story. Take that as you will. So oh, wow. We okay. will see. We'll look know, Zach it. told me it was legit, but maybe he got – maybe he – you know, know, this whole thing with, like no, – I mean, it's not Instagram. Check, uncheck. Twitter's <laughs> a mess right now. So and listen, will, we'll people complaining it. about the paying for it. I paid for it. I was stupid probably to do it. I don't care about that part, but you shouldn't be able – like, you sh- we shouldn't be able to know who the people are so we know they're legitimate sources. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Go Jason, yeah. your final take. I should do a final take on that, but I'm not yeah. – I'll, I'll stick with – camera my own. Here. Uh, I'm going to stick with what I originally was going to come in with, and that's – you know, I think a lot of you know which community I live in. I'm not going to say it here for, for this take, but it's frustrating to me that, you know, Bull coaches his son's Little League team, and they're already off and running and practicing and everything else. In my community, which is a very involved, tight-knit community, mm-hmm. we don't even have enough coaches yet. We don't even have rosters divided yet because they can't find enough people to coach. Right. We're still one coach short for my son's division, which is the 11- and 12-year-old, and they're four coaches short for the division below. And it's incredibly frustrating and disheartening for me that we can't f- – and I'm going to say dads. Moms can coach too, and if you want to coach, by all means, step forward and do it. But by and large, I think we can all agree, 98 99% of the coaches in Little League – our dads and the fact that we can't find six dads willing to step forward and say I want to coach my son we're all busy we're all stretched thin we all have a ton of obligations responsibilities but to be in the city that I live in and not be able to find six dads step forward and say I want to coach my son I beg you find the time to do it regardless of what city you're in your kids will remember it for their entire lives it will be the biggest joy to your son to have his dad coach his team. And, and Bull and I have joked about, yeah, we're harder on our kids mm-hmm. than we are on yeah. anyone else's. But the, my dad coached me, and the best memories of my childhood are showing up at the field an hour and a half early, and my dad <laughs> pitching to me and hitting me fly balls and just spending that one-on-one time. I could never understand, Dad, the game's at 6. Why are we going to the field at 4.15, 4.30? Now that I'm a dad, I get it. Now yeah. I know why we were there so early. So please, take the time. Invest in your kids. Nobody's that busy. I can't believe in our city we can't find six dads of the kids age 11 and 12. We only have five as of now who are willing to step forward. Yeah. And how frustrating that is and, and disheartening that is to the kids. Uh, just just take the time, find the time, and do it, and you'll. I promise you, you'll love it. Yeah. Good point. Cause, you know, I, I spent six years coaching my girls mm-hmm. in uh, travel basketball, right, because they needed a slot. They were going to have to cut up. Uh, cut a bunch of girls because there were not enough dads to, or people to, to coach and do it. Yeah. And I enjoyed and, it. And yeah. your town, there's no excuse. I mean, people no got excuse. money. I mean, it's no excuse. It's not like they're working three jobs. It's, you inf- know, it's infuriating. That's ridiculous. We, I'm frustrated as hell because it looks like I'm losing my best player. The teams were supposed to be equal. I'm losing my best player. We don't even have because our rosters. Doesn't have enough play. We don't uh, even have rosters. It's yeah. April 24th. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, and we that's, have our season starts in a couple of weeks. That's pretty tough. Uh, real quick. Uh, shout out to the show, uh, two interesting television shows that I finished watching this weekend. I watched the season, the series finale of Snowfall, which is an FX show. Uh, it was six seasons. It was a really good show. It was limping to the finish line a little in the final season, but I thought the final two episodes were great and really poignant. It's about the drug trade in LA in the, in the eighties and nineties. And it was just, I don't know. I, if you've never watched, go back and watch the show. It was a great ending. They did it. They did a really good job with ending that show. And there's a show on Netflix called Beef, 
with Stephen Ewan, who used to be on The Walking Dead, and that. Ali Wong. It was awesome. Did you watch well, it? No, I saw it, but I didn't watch really it. Really great show. Check it out on Netflix. We'll see you in overtime with fan questions. See you, everybody. Boogie Roberts tomorrow in studio, two hours. See you then. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.